Yo, what is good, ladies and germs? Welcome to another episode of CHN Radio. This is episode 217. It's your boy Elijah here, joined alongside the co-host with the most, the illustrious man himself, Joshua. Joshua, how you doing? Illustrious, illustrious. Yes, two two episodes in a row of that. If only you knew. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you're also, uh, as, as we just discussed, a fried chicken expert, so... Um, oh, I will I'm say a if, if, I'm a novice. I I'm I'm not a connoisseur. I'm a consumer. I'm not going to say I'm a connoisseur because I then we'll get a whole we'll get down the rabbit hole of uh, Alan say Maxman jokes again for me. So I'm not going to give <laughs> Newcastle Twitter that bait uh, at all. But um, we're 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 going to do something different. There's, you'll probably when this goes live, you'll see two episodes in your feed. This one we'll talk about Brentford um, and the Prem stuff. So will be kind of like a Premier League episode. So we'll do our normal format with Brentford and a little bit of uh, like women's stuff, fantasy update, all that kind of jazz, preview the Sheffield match. And then the next episode you'll see, and you can listen to in whatever order you want. It doesn't matter. Um, one, two, two, one. Ep- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. The next episode you'll see will be about Champions League stuff. So um We'll get into that on that episode, but that's why there's two episodes. That's why there are different links, all that kind of jazz. Just don't want to have one hour and a half long episode because that might be silly. Who knows? All right. Um, Yeah. As always, be sure to subscribe wherever you get your podcast, follow us on all the socials, all that good stuff. But um, I don't really think there's anything else. Let's cut to the chase. Let's hop right into it. Josh, what do you want to start? You want to start off with fantasy? You want to start off with the women? I got fan, uh, <clears throat> fast fantasy update. I have been overtaken by Comeback Carious FC in the Coming Home Newcastle League. And so it's the the top three are Comeback Carious with 323 points, My Magic Mags with 322 points, and Coffee Toffee with 304 points. Uh, Shut the Barn's Door, a.k.a. Maddie Garrison, had the best week with 59 points, followed up by How how tune is now with 55 PDX mag uh, mag sug 55 Pacific Northeast 54 in kindergarten Klopp with 54. That's a great name. Kindergarten. Yeah. Klopp. Kindergarten Klopp. Oh man. Shout. You're still second bottom, my friend on. Yeah, but I had a, points. I had a yeah. solid week though. You did. Yeah, you did. You, you had 51 points. I only had like, I think I only had like 31 points. Yeah. And I like nothing went right for me. Um, yeah, that's true. And there was a couple other people who had similar stuff, and it was there was yeah. a lot of movement from like ten to twenty. Yeah, if you look if you're looking at the the live table, a lot yeah. of movement there, a lot of up and ups and downs. Really, from like seven to twenty, there was a lot yeah. of movement. Yeah. So, like I think like Josh said in the last episode, this is start. This is when you start to see people uh, start to check out a little bit. Um, actually, I'm, I wonder. Oh wow, yeah. Anyway. Um, yeah, there's the person who overtook you is is in the Slack, Uzman, who is a med med school student. So how do you feel, Josh? Someone who's in med school is uh, out managing you right now. Does Man. that make you feel better or worse? It's fine. It's even okay. Stevens. You know, it's uh, after a couple of weeks. It was only a matter of time. I I, I gambled on. Um, I gambled on keeping Isak in my lineup. I thought he might get the start. But I didn't think about him not playing at all, mm. and I think that had a, a. Did he come in? Did he? Did he come in? Did he sub in? Uh, he subbed in, but he got zero. I got I got yeah. nil point. I got no points from from Isaac, and um, I played like a three defender, five midfielder, and two with uh, with Holland up yeah. top, and I just didn't get anything out of my midfield, and I felt like. And, and, and what I like about fantasy is it sort of like gives you kind of gives you the prem in a nut in a nutshell, you know, and the mm. teams that you would get players from and bank on like 
Manchester United, they, they got overrun, you know, and, and, um, I don't know. It just kind of like the players that I got, that I got didn't do it this week. And so for, I mean, good, good on, good on, um, your boy in, in our Slack, our med student, uh, good on him for taking over first and probably will continue to do so. Cause I just see two weeks ahead and I don't see three or four weeks ahead. Okay. I will say just as a correction, Isak did not play in the Brentford match, uh, which we, I'm not, we don't need to talk about it now, but, um, that explains the no no point. Yeah, yeah, uh, but yeah, Almiron played for seven minutes, um, and I actually remember I tweeted out a meme about this, so that explains that. Um, also explains maybe why uh, some people thought Newcastle came out a little flat against AC Milan, but that's a different podcast. But I will say will there were not not that many changes from those two lineups, and the Brentford mm. lineup played damn near the whole actually most of them played the entire match except for harvey barnes who didn't start an ace and match all right anyway um cool so that's that on that uh set your lineups if you're listening to this now you might as well just set your lineups whenever you hear this um because it'll come out wednesday so yeah it'll come out on a wednesday so you might as well just start looking now i usually try to set mine right now um and yeah tasty matchups this weekend in the prem across the board so best luck to everyone playing. Josh, what's going on with the women's team? Uh, Newcastle United women yesterday was Jasmine McQuaid's birthday. So happy birthday as we record on a Tuesday. I guess that was Monday was Jasmine's birthday. Um, the women are third in the in the table with three wins from three. Um, remember that first match was postponed. So they have a few games in hand. They defeated Derby County 1-0 from a Bridget Galloway second-half stoppage time goal. It came from a corner, but it cleared, and Galloway sent it in with a header uh, directly from the clearance. They won 1-0, and now they host Burnley at Kingston Park on Sunday. Currently, Burnley are first, but it's uh, a, a win will take us to second on points, but with a match in hand on Burnley and... Um, we still have that one to play, as I said. So, uh, yeah, but this should be a really good uh, top. To me, it's a top of the table clash, uh, even though we're in third a lot. You know, there's just it's already looking good, man. These women are playing there. They're just playing fantastic football and uh, long may it last. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Um, all right, sweet. Let's move into Brentford review. Newcastle were able to pick up the win against Brentford, I think uh, we, I think we had it spot on that it was a, it'd be maybe a one goal win. I don't know if we had it that it was going to be one nil win, but um, mm. Newcastle ended up I winning. Admittedly, uh, say I think I did say two two. Uh, I'll, I'll oh just admit, dang! I'll admit I think that. I said two one. I don't know. Yeah. Either way, uh, that puts Newcastle in twelfth, actually right behind mm-hmm. Brentford, who are in eleventh. They're only behind on goal differential, and of course, it sets up them to play Sheffield. Worth noting that um, the top six right now is Man City, Tottenham in second, Liverpool in third, Arsenal in fourth, Brighton in fifth, West Ham in sixth, Villa in seventh. Uh, so those are the European spots so far. And uh, the mid-table is pretty interesting with Man United and Chelsea behind Newcastle and the bottom three, Everton, Burnley, and Luton, um, which not that surprising. I think I had Sheffield at 17th, but I think I had Sheffield and Luton going back down as well. Uh, so anyway... Um, three words. Let's get into it. Um, this was an interesting one. So, um, the three words were interesting as well. Um, let's see. Jeez, it got lost in that. Here we go. Okay. Boom, boom, boom. All right. I did it from the wrong account, so I have to pull pull two different things up. All right. Toon Army Calgary sent a, a gif that said that'll do. NUFC Indiana said momentum into Milan. Ken Avery said Wilson equals goal goals. Justin at Best Smart said fucking fuck dude. Which <laughs> yeah, there you go. That's that's one way to put it. And then from the CHN uh, podcast account, there's one more on here, and it is oh gosh, Pawson hates us. Fair. Um, yeah. But yeah. yeah. So, uh, Josh, do you have any any three words 
or oh. you know, off the top of your head. You didn't you didn't participate this. Week. I didn't. Well, yeah, I didn't. Well, I sent it from the wrong account. That's my fault. Okay, so. yeah, I didn't see it. I think, and and so I didn't reply. And let me think. I I got it's kind of like push it, push it, baby, push it, push it. I don't know. And then <laughs> push it, baby, push it real good. Yeah, yeah. Um, I just, I yeah, I either that or it's four words. I got pedal to the metal. And, and, okay, and, you can't do four words. Sorry, yeah, I, I had to I stop you there. No, I'm having no a hard words. time. I'm having a hard time with three words on this one, but, but I'll, I'll get yeah. into my thoughts. I'll be, I'll get into my thoughts, and you'll understand what I'm thinking later. Okay, okay. Hey, that's good. Uh, so just to refresh everyone's memory, because that was a bit of, a bit ways ago, and it, it's weird to say this, but Newcastle have played since then. Shout out to them being in the Champions League. Lineup was actually a bit of a change. It's probably the first major change lineup that we've seen all season. Nick Pope and Gold, Trippier, Share, Botman, Burn as the back line, um, which there was a change the week before, but that was due to injury, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But Botman was back in the mix looking completely fine as ever. Sean Longstaff, Bruno Gimaesh, and Elliot Anderson were in the midfield, which was a shift from what we'd seen before all season, which was Joel Linton, Bruno, and Longstaff in the midfield. Uh, and then the attack was also switched with Anthony Gordon playing as a right right winger with Callum Wilson through the middle and Harvey Barnes at left wing. Uh, and then Brentford went with the 3-5-2, however you want to mm. you say it, with Flecken and goal, Ben Mee, Pennock, and Collins as their back three. Uh, Rico Henry and Hickey providing the, the, the width. And then uh, Vitaly Jamnelt in the middle with Norgard, who is a beast, and then Mateus Jensen with Wissa and Mbwemo up top. Uh, so interesting lineup from them. Uh, definitely were, I don't know, I don't know how I'd say they were, I don't think they were playing. It, it did feel like a bit of a tactical battle of teams feeling each other out. Yeah. Um, but uh, Josh, overall thoughts before we touch on some specific moments um, that I think people would like to hear at least your thoughts on. Yeah, so I found my three words: counterattack faster. Um, oh, my my yeah. So I felt like Brentford started off with a really good plan, and they were yeah. oppressive, right? It see it almost to me. I even said this out loud. It seems like there's twelve of them out there, and I just felt like every time, every time there was a ball to be won, Brentford were first to the ball. Yeah. And I hate I, I flippant hate the expression. They wanted it more. It just, but it just felt like there were more of them out there, right? Because how can we yeah, say who wants what more, right? I just felt yeah. like they were the first. They were just the first to everything. They were they, they were winning were, the fifty fifties, yeah. yeah. And they were pushing. They were they were imposing themselves on Newcastle um, for the first twenty minutes or so of the game, and and um, I just and I felt like none of the calls were going our way as well, and so there was this yeah. feeling of dread really for like the first, I don't know, first half hour, 40 minutes, even you're like, okay, it started, the tide started to turn, but even then I was just like, oh my gosh, what's, what is this? This isn't, this is not the fast game that I felt Newcastle needed to get off to. And when they did get possession, I felt like they just kind of like looked like they were running in, in quicksand. They just didn't, um, they didn't counter attack fast enough except for gordon like i felt like gordon was imperious at times and i and i also said out loud or wrote down i wish we had 11 um i wish we had 11 gordons i you know so uh, i wish we had 11 anthony gordons at, at times which is not something yeah. i thought i would say a year ago that's that's true uh, or i mean six months ago yeah so yeah um yeah i would agree with that uh it was it was definitely it felt they felt flat at times for sure. Um, but Newcastle did end up bouncing back and were pretty devastating on the counter. There were plenty of chances, but um, probably the one that stood out the most that we'll talk about first is that Calvin Wilson scored. Um, it, it, he, he scored and there was, was a bit of controversy. Seemed like it was, it was off of a, it was a set piece goal. So shout out to him. Um, and it was a scramble in the box. There was a, a header up in the air. That was a failed clearance. Wilson sort of backs into the keeper, establishes his sort of vertical space, jumps up, and he like I don't know it it I don't know it he he establishes space. The keeper jumps up, has a terrible punch at it. It was like a complete keeper error, 
And then Gordon shot sort of like he got he got the shot off the rebound from the keeper's missed punch. I'm doing a terrible job of explaining this goal. And then eventually it <laughs> went in because of Callum Wilson. All that to say, um, it looked like a pretty routine keeper error, baffled, you know, just him completely messing everything up. And um, it went to VAR. VAR didn't agree. They they thought that uh, VAR determined that because Callum Wilson, uh, Callum Wilson, like touched the keeper when he when they both jumped in the air for the for the ball that it that it was it was no longer a goal. I don't know. This didn't make a lot of sense to me. I'm, I think I'm, different people saw it different ways. For me, I'm just like, you know, I always want Newcastle to win. But I, I thought I saw Wilson had sort of a bit of an arm bar on Flecken. And sort of his left arm was holding Flecken from, from jumping, right? He was leveraging his... He was, he was leveraging himself against Flecken to keep him from being the first of the ball in the air. And that's and and so that's what Flecken was gesturing about. He's like, he, I, I'm being held here. I'm being held here, and like, on the one hand, it was, it wasn't, it it, it wasn't obvious. Otherwise, you would have not, you know, you you would have come out and said the exact same thing, right? So I think fifty percent of the people saw it that way, and fifty percent of the people could not figure out why this wasn't a goal, and it didn't make sense to a lot of folks. I, I will say times change. And so even though 10 years ago, 20 years ago, that's a goal, right? That's just how the physicality is being called now. That's, I don't think that that was uh, disfavorable to Newcastle intentionally. I just think that's the modern game and it kind of stinks, but um, that's the way it goes. I, I think what people are upset about is just, it. it's the same thing with the Prem every year. And it, I think it's interesting because, it doesn't happen in other competitions the same way. Like, I mean, you watch Bundesliga. I think across the board, Bundesliga is pretty consistent uh, goalkeeping standards. Even MLS, like, and neither of us are huge fans of MLS refereeing. And I don't think Josh is a huge fan of MLS overall. But even then, like, there, there seems to be a, a bit more consistency across the league yeah. on how things are called. Oh, oh, yeah, and, in, right. and in the Prem, it is still very much up to, like, this ref calls things this way. This ref calls things yeah. this way, which is all fine and dandy, but don't like act like the premise is bastion of, 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 of great football. When like, they, like matches you literally that's, that's two nil. If that's a different ref, yeah. like it's, a, it's, it's a two nil win. If that's a different ref or, or it's, or it's a one nil win. And, and the penalty that's called that we'll talk about next isn't a penalty. Like it's just the, the degree of just like week to week, not knowing what's going to be considered a foul and like so much of your position in place comes down to like who you had refing one particular game. I think that's probably the annoying part because I think I can agree with you with like, I think right now there's been, there's definitely a lot more protection for keepers in the modern game in general. I I actually, I agree with that 100%. And that's something I've seen consistently but I do know something that small that happens in the box all the time and fouls on set pieces and stuff. Like if, if that's, that's usually something whistled beforehand or it doesn't even get to that point if you see it real time. And I think that if you didn't see it real time with, with those ticky tack stuff that happens in the box on set pieces, if you don't, if you're not able to whistle that immediately and then go to VAR and immediately overturn it, if, if, if you need to or whatever, then I don't know if it's, if it's really, you know, worth taking away the goal for but you know is what it is uh the other one was uh anthony gordon won a interesting uh penalty it i will say this it was by the book it's it was a pen yeah but definitely anthony gordon was looking for the contact here uh it's a pretty weird uh sequence of play Hickey was trying to play a ball back to Flecken and then Gordon was kind of closing him down mm-hmm. and uh and the the keeper comes over to try to grab the ball and like slide and get the ball out of bounds before Anthony Gordon gets to it and Anthony Gordon knows that like essentially like once you see the keeper running towards you you know that it's ending one of two ways either you're going to round the keeper and have an open net or you're going to go down because the keeper's sliding for a ball that's right in front of you and I think Gordon 
wisely went with the second option, which is the more surefire thing is like the keeper is going to go for that ball. You need to just establish the fact that you were going for the ball and it will be a pen nine times out of 10. And it was. Um, so it's one of those where like by the rules of the game, it's a pen, but if you're, it's, it's, it's complete gamesmanship by Anthony Gordon and by, you know, Eddie Howe and his staff of like, that's something that, you know, you're going down for, you know, ahead of time. Yes and no, because I have another note here that Hickey had a had a mare. He just like he couldn't contain Gordon for large parts of the first half, and I just felt like he had a real he was he just had a real hard time. And if you go back and you rewatch the call on this, so Hickey does give up a ball, but when he realizes that Gordon might actually be able to get to the ball before Flecken does. You could see Hickey lunge, and actually, I think he's the one that puts Gordon off balance. And, and even though may, may, maybe he goes down once he feels Hickey's contact, and he, you know, like you know, maybe it's a, a double whammy. You know, like he's really, really benefited from the actions here. But go back and watch this. I think Hickey gives him a little push into Flecken, and so I think that's why that stands is because it, it's not Gordon going down easy it's Gordon being pushed into the keeper and so he's either being pushed over or he's being knocked over by the keeper but either way like I think Gordon uh, benefits from this yeah I, I also I don't I would say this I don't think it was ever going to get overturned I think it was one of those like once you saw the first replay you're like like I think both are true where I think Gordon's probably looking from the contact from the keeper probably not expecting to also get pushed by Hickey like yeah. I think it's definitely a little it's probably a little bit both but it's also like that's what you're supposed to do is look for the contact in the box and, and get loose, especially if yeah, get loose. And especially if someone's going to come in with a pretty clumsy challenge. So anyway, uh, Kellen Wilson converts the pen, never in doubt. Um, and then uh, not not too not too long later, not well, not too long later. What a what a transition by me, uh, but not too far later in the match, um, probably in about the 80th minute. There's another shout for a handball. This one. I mean, I think this one's another one that was split pretty 50-50. Essentially, Embuemo is marking Harvey Barnes, uh, and uh, Barnes, like, nods the ball down, Mm -hmm. uh, and it hits Embuemo's hand, and Newcastle fans and Newcastle players are screaming for handball. But, like, it hits his hand, but the hand, to me, is in a natural position, and there's, like, not much Embuemo could do there uh, because – Barnes had his hands on Embuemo. This is what VAR actually said, is that they had that Barnes had his hand on Embuemo, so it made it so that Embuemo couldn't really jump in a natural position anyway. And so when when Embuemo's trying to jump, his arms, as you do when you jump, his arms naturally went up, and as they were coming back down, uh, the ball hits his hand. So it's, it's another one where you can go back and forth about, yeah. you know, what's the handball rule? Cause I think the new hand, the latest handball rule is the whole, like, even if it's, even if it's accidental contact in the box that uh, it's, it's still, if it's a handball, it's a penalty, whatever, or if it hits the hand accidental contact or not, it's a penalty. So, um, but this one, I think there were specifics that I don't think was really kind of discussed at large is that part of the reason is that uh, Harvey Barnes initiated contact with Umbuemo and that, is the reason why his arms were in an unnatural position. Whereas like if this was just them jumping and it hit his arm, if he had had the same exact motion with them just jumping and Barnes not touching them, I, it actually, I think how I'm reading the VAR decision, it would have been given as a, as a handball because it acts, even though it accidentally hit his hand. So mm-hmm. uh, it's interesting. I don't know if you have any, any major. I would just say the last part of it to me was the direction that Wimma was facing. So yeah. he had his he had his back to the challenge, um, and so there was no intent to play the ball with his hand, and he wasn't looking to gain possession by playing, you know, with his playing the ball like. Yeah. And I understand like it ball you know ball to hand hand to ball all that, but like a lot has to do with intent is with var as well like he's just he's not involved in in that play he's not purposefully or meaningfully gaining any um you know any advantage 
it's uh, you know unintentionally yes there's the advantage that it's not it it wasn't even unintentional i think the the wild part is that like the like live i didn't even realize that there were shouts for a handball because it looked like a pretty botched clearance by waymo anyway like it didn't look it didn't look yeah. like anyone gained anything from it exactly. at all exactly um but yeah so i think probably the most important not the most important thing outside of the the goal that Callum wilson scored um the the thing of note that i would that i think newcastle fans were were char- starting to point out at the end was like Yes, this was a a match in which you expect Newcastle to rotate ahead of uh, ahead of um, ahead of jeez uh, ahead of uh, AC Milan, and people did also point out that like you know that attacking three uh, that he went at, that he went he went with like like some of the attackers like almost all the attackers uh, they weren't on international duty so. Gordon and and Harvey Barnes, like I think I don't, yeah, well actually Harvey Barnes was I don't know, I saw ignore what I just said because I think someone just was like, oh these people were not on international duty, so they probably got to work with Eddie Howe and all this stuff. The fact of the matter is that Eddie did rotate the squad a little bit. Um, the the I think the the weird thing I alluded to earlier was that he only made one sub and it was bringing yeah. on Almiron for Barnes, um, and so it kind of felt like the whole rotation thing doesn't really work when you don't, when you don't like actually keep it so that guys are playing, you know, your main players are playing only 60 minutes ahead of a midweek match coming up. Like if, if you don't actually, you know, take advantage of the fact that you're able to rotate, then I don't know why would you even rotate? Like, I mean, outside of doing something different tactically, but I mean, even tactically, like Ellie Anderson was fine, but it still hasn't really fixed the midfield problem there still wasn't that much balance in the midfield it really does feel like they need joe willick to really provide that balance yeah. and sean longstaff was again fine but it felt like watching a worse version of sandro tonali like it, it didn't feel like it was truly balanced he was doing some of the dirty work um and tracking back but still not great and the attack looked a little bit better with barnes and gordon um there was a lot of chances being created but it still wasn't great so all this rotation for really not tangible results. Newcastle didn't come out and boss that game the way that, you know, maybe they should have. They even scored the amount of goals that Josh and I thought they would. Now that's technically speaking, they scored two goals, but you know, Hmm. you you get what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe though, I mean, looking at the bench, you just sort of have to think about what decisions he had to make. And on the bench, he probably knew Isaac and Tonali were going to start in Milan. And so yeah, but then he, what he's what, got what, left is Miggy, which did, who, who did come on. Yeah. Right? And he's got Jamal Lachelle, what he didn't need, and Lewis Hall, who he didn't need, and Livermento, who maybe could have come on as a winger. I don't know. Maybe he could have come I mean, on. For, but the back line was doing well, right? So the the thing was, oh yeah, the, and I don't I don't fault that. I think where I'm, I yeah. I kind of am like, all right, you do that, but then like, I mean, Sean Longstaff still he starts at AC Milan, so like yeah. now he goes two straight two straight matches where he's playing, you know, almost a full ninety or whatever. Like that's where I get a little confused. Of like, I understand that you're planning on starting Sonali against Milan. But, like, you don't think that Tonali could spell Bruno or spell Longstaff so that they don't come out completely flat. Like, it mm. does feel like the whole reason for getting Tonali, it, it feels like it's gotten lost. Or maybe and maybe the, it's gotten lost from the perspective of, of us as fans. But, like, it, like, Bruno, it still feels like Newcastle are not going to they, – they, they're tethered to Bruno being in their midfield regardless, no matter what. So, like – Tonali's not even spelling Bruno at this point. Yeah. So now, you know, it, that's going to, I just think it's going to add up. And at some point, like Bruno's going to be too knackered to go a full 90. And yeah, then, you know, though, it, maybe, it, maybe by then we'll get, you know, Joe and Joe Ellington back in rotation. I think maybe those are the pieces that we were also missing just observationally, if there were going to be changes in the midfield and, and, and who knows, like you, maybe we, we don't know, maybe they, he, um, how was holding on for holding out for updates on Monday or Tuesday, you know, Monday that maybe one of yeah. the other t- 
two fellows might have been able to to make the rotation. But yeah, there's always stuff. I don't know. I don't know. Or maybe yeah. he just didn't do All it. All right. Well, like okay. he got uh, to the I point of the match most... where he goes, yeah, whatever. Yeah, I, that feels more like how. I mean, just he's done this a lot where he just doesn't make subs. He just doesn't. And you're do like, it. yeah, and then you're like, why? And basically, it's because then you read about. Yeah, then you read about how intense the trainings are, and it's like, well, yeah, these guys can probably handle it, but it just does look weird having the context of watching Newcastle look flat against AC Milan after the fact, where it's like, yeah, that's true, yeah, yeah, yeah. Was it was it worth it? Was it worth like was it worth not giving Bruno twenty minutes of rest? Like, was that worth it? Especially when like Bruno's the one that played the full ninety against AC Milan, and Tonali was the one that was brought off. So it's like, it does feel like. And again, Maybe there's you some questions about Tonali's fitness. I, I don't. I would. I would honestly doubt that. I think he's fit. I think that he's. I think his. I don't know. I think the position that he's in, it's easier to sub him off than it is to sub Bruno off. If that yeah. makes sense. Yeah. And that. And that's that's a whole another discussion about tactics and and how and and what he wants from his midfield. But I think right now he's asking Bruno to do a lot, and especially in the absence of. Joelinton and Joe Willick, or really, and not even the absence of Joelinton and Joe Willick, mostly the absence of Joe Willick and like a Sean Long staff in that midfield. Because what I'm starting to notice, and this will be the last thing I'll say on, on this before we go into like our, our kind of our best players from that match. Um, but what I'm starting to really notice is like it does feel like Joe Ellington himself, it feels as if he's not doing some of the same dirty work he was doing last season. Like the balance, the the lack of balance in the midfield, I think does feel like there's just not enough activity defensively. And there's not, a, there's not, there's not enough activity, you know, going forward as well, because Joel Linton and Tonali seem fine doing a little bit of defending and a little bit of attacking and no more in each, in either one of those categories. And I don't know how you fix that without telling one of them to do better at one thing. Like I don't I don't understand how you fix that. But there's just it feels like right now Bruno's doing all the attacking. He's not involved sorry, doing all the defending and he's not really involved in the attack anymore. And it feels like he's not getting any help defensively, but also the midfield as a whole isn't providing much in attack at all since the first game. Yeah. First game is the only time we saw like Everyone in the midfield kind of pulling their weight, and Newcastle won five one. Surprise, surprise! Like, so all right. Well, uh, you got a, a best player from the Brentford match. Mm. Uh, besides, the, I mean, I can go if you don't have one, and I might. I think Gordon. One. I think Gordon for okay. me. I, I think uh, especially in the in the first half. I think before Tau uh, had a chance to sort of make some course corrections and and um, and narrow and tighten down their defense in the second half. Um, I think Gordon was driving dry, the driving force. Mm-hmm. Well, every, everyone else is sort of um, not scared, but just a little bit more hesitant. He he was just pushing the issue, and I appreciated that. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to go with the entire back line because, like you said, they were, they were good, and it's good to have a clean sheet, especially after – not having one uh, at all this season up until that uh, up until that point, so that's it was it's pretty good to see them kind of look like a backline again. I still have questions about Dan Byrne um, that have not been answered, so we'll just leave it at that. But mm. they're they're doing okay. All right, uh, on into on to uh, this upcoming match we have against Sheffield. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheffield currently sit in seventeenth. Mm. Um, this is an 8.30 Pacific time kickoff or 11.30 a.m. Eastern time kickoff. I'm not, I guess, 4.30 game. I guess that's what that would be in mm. England on Sunday. So we get the Sunday game. Uh, so unfortunately for Josh, this is on USA. And unfortunately for people who who only have the cock, it's on USA. So you'll have to watch the replay. Um, I'm still mooching off my parents' cable. So I'd, hopefully I'd they give them- don't cancel Give the radio, give the radio a shot. You know, it's uh, it's at eight thirty my time, so I'm gonna get up. I'm gonna put on uh, NUFC radio, listen to it, the uh, match live, and uh, make 
make breakfast for my for my boys and and uh, and then catch the highlights and then catch the replay the next day. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, you could also technically catch the replay the same day. It's it's like it's it's uh, it's uploaded after like six hours, hmm. but that's a lot. I don't know if you knew that. I just was throwing that out there. It's like I think it's six or eight hours, something like that, and they just throw oh, it up on there. Brentford highlights aren't even on Peacock as of today. Well, no, not the highlights. The 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 rewatch. The whole oh yeah okay. The highlights are on YouTube. Yes. Yes, the highlights are on the tubes. Okay, all right. Anyway, let's get into Sheffield. Um, but yeah, so they're sitting in seventeen. Um, actually, probably of note, they looked pretty good against Spurs, who are in second, mind you, mm-hmm. um, until they got twelve minutes of added time. So. Take that as you may. I don't really actually have no idea how to respond to that. But kind of going into the, going into this match uh, on the Sheffield side of things, for them, it's the Spurs lost. They drew with Everton, who are not very good. Uh, and they lost on pens in the cup to Lincoln. Is that Lincoln City? Yeah, Lincoln yeah, City FC. Is. The Imps. And then, yeah, the Imps. And then they lost to uh, Man City, which is expected. Well, before that, they lost to Man City, which is expected 2-1, and lost to Forest 2-1, which Forest are, are, have become a pretty solid side. But sure. worth noting that uh, they haven't looked good <laughs> to start the season off. So this is another one where uh, you would hope Newcastle can bounce back um, and then and maybe make something of it. Who knows? Uh, Injuries-wise, uh, I'll, I'll go through... The couple that Newcastle have, uh, Mill Craft is still out, obviously. Um, Mankio's out. Joel Linton is out. Joe Willock should be close to returning, fingers crossed. So I'm sure we'll get updates on that in, in the future. Um, Sheffield have a lot of injuries and suspensions, so this might take a second. So bear with me. Ben Osborne is out with a groin injury. Uh, Daniel Jebison's out with a groin injury. Uh, George Baldock is out with a calf injury. Uh, Ismaila Ismela Koulibaly is out injured for an undisclosed injury, which, sure, John Egan's out with an undisclosed injury. Uh, John Fleck is just injured. It it just – he got injured earlier this season, and there's never been a timeline associated with his return, so cool. He got injured in preseason. Max Lowe or Max Lowe – is it Max Lova or Max Lowe? Is he German? Lo- no, he's, Lo- he's, he's American – or he's English. Uh, okay, yeah. Uh He's got an ankle injury. Rian Brewster, who that's a name I haven't seen in a minute. He's got a hamstring injury. Still not done, Josh, by the way. Reese Norrington Davies, he's got a hamstring injury. He's back in training, though. So yeah. William Alsula, he has a he's just he's got a I think he's got a lower body injury. So he's gonna be back potentially for this match. And then their their striker, Ollie McBurney, is on a uh, mm-hmm. suspension after picking up a second yellow. Um, so, ooh. Um, yeah, that's it for their injuries. That's a Josh. lot. It's a lot. Uh, I'm, gonna, Josh, I'm just going to sort of go retread some ground real quick, and I'll try, I'll try to be quick about it. But Sheffield gave up two goals in second-half stoppage time to Spurs, right? They lost two to one, but they led for 98 minutes. Yeah, no, they did. That's what I'm saying. It it sucks because they pretty much would have won if there wasn't 12 minutes of stoppage time. And then the match before that, they gave up a second half equalizer to Everton. Um, And then they lost in the cup, right? But they had an exciting game at home against City where they equalized in the 85th, but they gave up a goal in the 88th to lose. And then the same uh, way to Forest, where they equalized in the second half, but they gave up an 89th minute goal to Chris Wood, none other than Chris Wood, and lost two to one. Um, and with with all of those, I think they lined up in a three. They played three four three in the cup against Lincoln City, but they've lined up nominally in a three five two ish um, against these teams. I would expect the same a three five two. But they're not going to, I don't know who they're going to put up top. Like, I just couldn't even see if they had a, a striker after Ollie McBurney. So, I mean, I, if, Rian, if Rian Brewster is back, I, he, could, he could probably play striker. Yeah. So then it could be Rian, Rian Brewster and um, Cameron Archer was the, was the, but he, he, 
I didn't even know he was there, dude. I, I seriously thought he was still and, in Aston Villa. And William Masula has played three times for them this season mm-hmm. as a center forward and striker, and got injured. I think, yeah, got injured during the last match, so he could be back. It seems like it was a an ankle tweak or something like that, or maybe they're resting him this week. But that's who I would maybe pencil in potentially. Who knows? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so all that being said, I just I would expect a 3-5-2 against uh they're going to be at home. I don't see them putting together anything exciting for their home fans. And uh yeah. That is uh my stats you all time, all time uh versus yeah. Sheffield United all time from 11v11.com. We have 49 wins, 29 draws and 50 losses, so they've got the edge by one game. Um, we first played in January of 1894, which was a 2-0 win for Newcastle in the FA Cup. Most recently, May 2021, it was a 1-0 win for Newcastle. Uh, and let's look at something in between. Um, August 19th, 1972, we went away to Blades 1-2-0. Goals by John Tudor and Malcolm McDonald. In between the pipes was Willie McFall. You had David Craig and Pat Howard as the defenders, in quotes. Your left back was Frank Clark. In midfield were Tommy Gibb, Tony Green, Terry Hibbett, and David Young. You had two listed as forward, John Tudor and Malcolm McDonald. And the winger, just one winger, was Stuart Barrowclough, or Barrowclough, which is interesting. So it sounded like they had... They had a defender, a central defender, and a left fullback, and then four midfielders, and then two up top, and then a winger. So it sounds like they were playing some sort of like off-balanced formation that really was trying to create, you know, overrun certain sides. I don't know. It's weird. But they won uh, 2-0 in 1972. It's really hard for me to, to take a take this th- that match seriously given the fact that that, that those that didn't even sound like a legitimate lineup no nope. so, it's, it's it's even it's, it's all it's all before the premier league right so they didn't even know what they were doing that's no, tongue in cheek don't say that yeah okay these <laughs> people might take that seriously um <laughs> I, I and self correction for me asula i think got injured in training so that's not important um then that that was history we kind of kind of did stats already Right. Yeah. Yeah. Wanted, yeah. No, we went. We went through it. Yeah, I'd say. All right. Um. All right. So that's 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 them. Uh. Let's see who who do we want to look out for. They have some. Sheffield has some names on here that were just like guys that you thought would have been panned out at their original clubs by now. Like 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 uh like Tom Davies is on their team. Like that's always interesting. Like Austin Trusty's on their team. It's just huh. very interesting. Like group of guys that they have. Um, but is there anyone you, besides McBurney, who I think would have been my, excuse me, my choice to be the player to watch out for. Is there anyone that you have to, to look out yeah. for? This? Well, I, I, I'd say last year, Coventry city did pretty good in the championship last year. And they, they brought in Gustavo Hamer from Coventry city. Yeah, and he, I think he was the goal scorer last week as well. I would just say he's he was good, uh, so so good that even though the team he was on didn't get promoted, he got promoted, right? And yeah. uh, and I think that he 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 plays above his level. I think that he could put on a little bit of a performance for for Sheffield, but I'm not I'm not too bothered at all, really, by this team. Yeah, I think to me, there's not there's not a particular name that stands out to me. Um, I mean, like. Hammer wasn't a, a player I was looking at just because it seems like he's been one of their more consistent players this season. Um, and obviously we kind of briefly spoke about Cameron Archer, Cam Archer, um, who is probably going to be doing the majority of the work up top, depending on what they do. It just feels like it's a very weird team that I don't know that much about, which scares me, which makes me feel like this is one where Newcastle just... You feel it's a just, banana peel? Yeah, I don't know. They they definitely I, can slip up. I and, feel that Paul Hecking 
bottom is which in, great name by the it way it really it, there is there more british of a name it's, i mean um, yeah i mean he's it feels in, like a family guy bit to yeah. be honest i think that he's in deep doo-doo and oh. i think he's um like if you look at sheffield united on day one you're like there's no way they don't get relegated right just yeah. let's be honest like i don't know why he would be under pressure especially the performances that they put in considering the injuries but what i'm hearing from the guardian and from uh you know from um, bbc five live is that he's in trouble and i think one of their their past bosses um chris can't remember his name um he is sort of, yeah, they're going to get Thor in. Um, I think that he's just, he's sort of looming and they're, they're like, we're going to threaten the coach by with this wicked whisper of bringing somebody else in. I just don't think that's the way to go forward with this. Oh, like, that's really healthy, actually, but, you know. <laughs> yeah, so I'm not, I don't even know if this is a banana peel. I think this is pretty straightforward, my friend. Um, I don't think that we're going to go there and blow them out five, nothing or, you know, cause I don't think that, the, I don't think that our side has that in them right now. You know, I don't think that Newcastle, I think week one they did. And I don't, and I just think that the last few weeks, uh, the last month or so has been a lot of energy for them expended and fighting off the big teams. I think they're going to go to Sheffield. They're going to win two nil and it's going to feel comfortable, but I don't think they're going to push it. I don't think they're going to push for more. I think they're going to get their goals and they're going to control the game and they're just going to look for an easy win. If if you've you've talked me into this being an easier win, but I would push back and say I think they will push for more, but it won't be like the starters. I think if if you're a player that's not on the back line from Newcastle, and even if you are, you play left back, um, but even if you're a player mm-hmm. who's not on the back line from Newcastle, every position feels like it's up for the grabbing. Like there's been at this point, I couldn't tell you who mid- Newcastle's midfield starting three is. I can tell you, I think it could be, but I couldn't tell you. There's uncertainty at the striker position. Is Isak Isak? Is he? Is he? Is he the best striker in Newcastle? Is is Calvin Wilson still the best striker in Newcastle? Either wing position. I think Anthony Gordon's probably the only player that has felt consistent enough to warrant like not being dropped. Pretty much anyone else who's been rotated as a winger, whether it's Jacob Murphy, whether it's Almiron, whether it's Harvey Barnes, no one has been consistent enough. So I, if if I don't start this match, I'm coming on. I'm looking to make an impact. If I'm if I'm that kind of player, and that's that. I think that's kind of how you get to that Villa match where you remember when Harvey Barnes and that second wave of subs came on. That's when the game really opened up for Newcastle. They scored two or three goals after that, and they could have scored four. Um, so. So I think that's where I kind of disagree with you on that. If Newcastle win this, I actually think it could be like four nothing, if if uh, Sheffield are just really there for the taking. And I don't know, you've talked me into them being there for the taking, so I'm going to go four nil. Four nil is just so, yeah. I I I see your justification. We'll we'll see. I I and I only say it because there's hunger for positions and. That's yeah, literally it. it. Makes like, sense. I think it'll be. It, it's yeah. It's it's a seventieth minute and onward, two goals. Yeah, because the team is you've played through that team already. Interested to see if if um, House sees this. If he if he sees it already wrapped up by the seventieth minute, as you know, I wonder if he sees it as a chance to try different formations. If he sees it as a chance to try out combinations of guys that he doesn't normally get to see together in in a match yeah. scenario. Um, so I'll say it, this: I wouldn't be surprised if Newcastle roll out next week in a four-two-three-one. Yeah, or I wouldn't I, be surprised if it's if it's like Tonali or Longstaff next to Bruno with Isak in the middle ahead of them and Wilson up top with two wingers. I would not be surprised. Yeah, yeah, it'll be fun. Yeah. All right. Um, well, wow. I guess that's it. That's so weird. That's it for for this episode of CHN Radio. Um, I'm Elijah. That's been Josh. Way the lads, and uh, we love you guys. Looking at the old time bridge. I'm coming home, Newcastle. 